Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, I will have Deacon Bill Radio here to talk about a special ministry he is part of, and also to talk a little bit about the three states of the church, one of which is us, called the Church Militant. So it should be an interesting conversation. Um, He's a first-time guest with me, and uh, we had a lot of fun. So I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Bergwald. Uh-huh. Biblical Bites with Dr. B. Okay, there we go. I'll take that. Thanks, Renee. <laughs> that was terrible, Bill. Save, can you, save that, can Bill. You edit save that, that Bill. <laughs> no, keep that for all time. So, Renee, what's today? I hope it's the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Why do you time? hope it's that? Because I don't want to be wrong. Okay, well, now, maybe we need to talk about that <laughs> so, no, some other time. We don't have time. No. It is indeed the 19th okay, Sunday in Ordinary Time. And what's now? What, what have we been talking about lately? We've been talking about the Bread of Life Discourse. I assume it continues going because we haven't hit the end of it we yet. We have not hit the end. Yes. It's a Bread of Life Discourse from? John. In case folks John 6. Here, John chapter 6. Uh, because why are we reading about John, though? Right, right from John. Because he... Um, Mark is the shortest gospel, yeah, and so John fills in the parts where Mark kind right. of loses so it. Cycle, what, 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 we're, <laughs> loses what, what, it <laughs> so well. So you're doing so well until Mark I loses know. it. He's the gospel. It's inspired by God. But, yeah, so we're in year B of the three year Sunday mm-hmm. cycle, um, which is mostly from Mark's gospel. But yes, as you just said, Mark's the shortest gospel. So the I'm church, learning. because Mark, I guess apparently forgot he lost it. Yes. He's losing it or whatever you said. Um, so we read from John here, sort of the late teens yeah. of the Sundays in Ordinary Time, from John chapter six in particular. So um, this is the third Sunday we're reading from right. what you, as you um, correctly described it as the bread of life discourse. Again, the setting, in, just to refresh, because Sunday comes and by Monday, I'm like, wait, what was the reading again? <laughs> so yes. where we are, uh, John chapter six starts with the miracle of the multiplication of oh, loaves right. and fishes. Mm-hmm. They want to make Jesus king. We didn't really talk about that a couple weeks right. ago. Jesus doesn't want to be made king because even though he is a king, they're thinking wrongly different kind about of king, yeah. different kind of king, different kind of Messiah. So uh, he crosses over. Um, I think we skip over the uh, walking on water. I don't think. We, I, I, do, I think you're right. Yep. Now, maybe it's read during the week, but on Sunday it's not. Okay. So now we're, Jesus is in the synagogue in Capernaum, and and something that's important going into today's gospel, he's talking, I don't know if it's exclusively, but we know that at least much of the crowd are his disciples. Mm-hmm. Now, not just, there's the apostles, right. but beyond the 12 apostles, the disciples, people who are, who are at this point kind of following Jesus, mm-hmm. um, suspecting, wondering that he's a prophet or maybe more, especially after he's starting to do things like these crazy miracles, right? right? So- but last week he starts talking about how um, he's come down from heaven. So we pick up this week, John chapter six, verse 41 through 51 is the reading. And it begins this way. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say I have come down from heaven? So I just want to pause there. I love times like this in the Gospels because they're important for me. So often, I'd be like, you know, I've got a pretty good handle on who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. But do I really? And so these these passages for me are a good reminder to like, 
do I really know the real Jesus or is the Jesus who I know a figment of my imagination? Oh, man. Uh, a false idol, if you will, that I've created. Right. Yeah, through my familiar with, in my case, theology and so on. But still, is it the real Jesus? Because that's, well, isn't this Jesus the son of, of Joseph? Is it, don't we know his mom and his dad? Well, I know who Jesus is, but do I really? Uh, do I take time to get to know the real Jesus? Jesus answered, said to them, stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draw him and I'll raise him on the last day. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draw him. We only get to know Jesus because God sends the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. into our minds and our hearts and draws us to him. Figuring out Jesus. So this is this is so part of it too. Do I really know Jesus? Oh, maybe not. I need to figure him out. Eh, not going to happen right. on your own. Right. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to come to know the real Jesus. So uh, just one, I'm going to share one more thought, but just I want to invite our listeners, ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit that we might really know Jesus. And maybe you already know him. I'm not saying that everything you're thinking about Jesus is false. There's probably always more we can know. But there's always mm -hmm. more that we can know, okay? And then, now this is, we're, we're building up now in the, in the next couple of weeks, Jesus starts talking about, I am the bread of life. Your man ate the, your, your ancestors ate the man in the desert. They died. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. So it's going to get really real here. <laughs> and I want, again, what I said at the beginning, <laughs> disciples. Mm -hmm. So these are people who have been following Jesus. And we start with, well, we know who Jesus is. Right. So these are disciples, disciples who think they know who Jesus is. What from we know his mom and his dad, and he's going to start challenging them about the truth of more truth of who he is and what he offers them, and it's important that we're attentive to their response and that what mean that and what that means for you and me. Yeah, great stuff, Doctor B. Thanks a lot. Can't wait for next week. You bet. Today in the studio with me, I have Deacon Bill Radio. Who I've been wanting to get in here and so excited that he's here. Welcome, Deacon Radio. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So we are going to talk about a couple things. Well, hopefully a couple things. I think we can get both of them in in 20 minutes, but we'll see. Um, we're going to talk about a new ministry that you have been a part of um, first. It's a really, it's kind of a neat thing and I want to make sure people know about it. And then if we have some time, we'll talk about the church militant and the three it's called States of the Church, right? Right. Did I get that right? Okay. Yes. So we'll talk about that a little bit. So, all right, Deacon Radio, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself real quick? Okay. Uh, actually, in a couple of weeks, my wife, Deb, and I will have been married 49 years. Oh, my goodness. So uh, wow. we're blessed in that way. We have three boys, all, of course, adults now sure. and, and uh, all doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we have seven grandchildren. Oh, boy. And... Uh, I grew up Catholic. My wife uh, converted, and uh, uh, we just feel very blessed to be here in Sioux Falls and yeah. at the cathedral. Yeah. What did you do for a regular job? Well, for a while, I was a city manager, so oh, I okay. have my master's in public administration. Okay. And then I, I worked uh, for a not-for-profit electric utility here okay. in Sioux Falls okay. as their communications director. Wow, nice. <laughs> so you, you're kind of familiar with what we're doing around here. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. So um, 
I'm going to have you and your wife come back at some point to tell your story of how you became a deacon. Would people, love to do that. Yeah, people love to hear that. They love to hear the wife's viewpoint of how that all came about and how you live that life together because it's really a, a couple thing. It's not just yes, it a one, one person thing. So we'll have you back again for that. But Great. So, all right. You have, did you start this ministry? No, I did not. Okay. Um, You've been a part of it, though. So yes. this is a ministry. It's called the Angel Cron- Lee Cronin Memorial Fund, correct? That's correct. So will you tell us what this is and how this came about? Okay. Actually, uh, the Angel Lee Cronin Memorial Fund has been around a while, and okay. it was started by uh, Deacon Harold Pardue, who is now uh, retired, um, and he handed it off to me. How it started was with a uh, woman who uh, lost a child at birth or or very young. I Mm -hmm. I can't remember which. And um, she wanted to do something as a memorial to her baby, Mm -hmm. who she named Angel Lee. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she and Deacon Harold kind of worked together to set up this fund uh, called the Angel Lee Cronin Memorial Fund. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, it's strictly funded by contributions from from people that uh, it moves their heart to contribute. And it's available to any young couple that loses a baby uh, prematurely. Right. Or even uh, as a small infant. Okay. Um, so you're talking before birth or shortly after birth? Correct. Usually. Okay. Correct. And, and uh, these funds then are uh, combined with, uh, it's a beautiful partnership we have with uh, a couple other companies in town, mm-hmm. Miller Funeral Home and uh, Gibson Monument mm-hmm. and uh, the Angel Lee Cronin Fund to um, help those couples who are grieving the loss of their child and don't really have the resources to provide a proper burial. Sure. So uh, they can uh, come to us, they can come to uh, uh, the funeral home, and, and we'll uh, help them through all the arrangements. Uh, we'll provide a casket. We'll, uh, St. Michael's Cemetery will provide uh, a plot for mm-hmm. the baby. Gibson Monument provides a marker. And uh, all that can be coordinated through us with the Angel Lee Cronin Fund. So uh, anybody that would like to uh, contribute or take advantage of these funds can contact me here at the cathedral office and uh, and we'll work with them to make sure that their child gets a proper burial. Right. I think for a lot of parents that are in that situation, they just don't really know what to do or what um, what is the appropriate thing to do? What is everybody else doing? What's the, what's the norm? And so sometimes they're afraid to ask questions. Aren't they? Well, that's a that's a really good point, and yeah. and I'd like to, uh, as part of your the answer to that question, talk about sort of a a spinoff of yeah. this ministry as well. You know, um, for so many years, and even sadly still today, um, young couples and and young mothers lose a child uh, stillborn or prematurely. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't even really, in their grief, in the moment, think about how to uh, take care of this child. Right. And so a lot of times uh, 
the child is just disposed of without mm -hmm. the couple or the mother actually um, even being able to uh, ask for it to right. get a proper burial. Yes. And so... Um, uh, Sometimes there's not a lot of guidance from the hospital. That's right. Folks. That's right. Or or even education prematurely right. about right. what's happening. Especially if there's, if there's something with. known kind of happening that's to kind right. of get them ready for it. Yeah. That's right. So, um, you know, we actually also, in collaboration with St. Michael's Cemetery, uh, there is a columbarium that has been uh, built at the cemetery uh, mostly with funds from the two hospitals in mm -hmm. town to um, um, uh, uh, commit these children to uh, to the columbarium uh, as a proper burial. And sure. every month or two, we gather at St. Michael's to do a committal service for all okay. the babies that have uh, died and, and been saved for this proper burial. And, and you know, typically... Uh, in, in a typical month when we do this committal service, we'll have anywhere from 30 to 50 babies each time. Oh, my that goodness. We bury. I didn't expect you to say that number. I was going to ask you what that number was, and I expected it to be much lower than that. Yeah, That's so incredible. We've been doing this. Well, I've been a deacon now for six years, and I've been doing this most of that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it, it's so it's hundreds of babies yeah. that are in that columbarium now and uh, uh we just uh, we gather at that point there's some people that come to uh um participate in mm -hmm. that and pray in that service and sadly for a long long time the hospitals didn't even tell the parents that this was oh happening but we've broken through that now oh, and, good. and so that's parents really are, important yeah they're so they're free to to mm -hmm. come for that closure mm -hmm. and to uh, participate in that in that burial, and it's been just an incredibly emotional and touching um, ministry that I feel so privileged to just be a part of. Sure, I imagine this is not um, limited to just Catholic families. That is correct. It's that everybody, because yep. yeah, I would imagine otherwise you probably would have fewer. That is correct, and, and it also, uh, Renee, is not limited to St. Michael's Cemetery. Okay. Uh, although we may have a few more hoops to go through, but I, I say that uh, particularly because a lot of our uh, Catholic parishes beyond Sioux Falls, I'm sure, are not aware at all of right. this ministry and uh, may have from time to time uh, a couple that would be in need of this and mm -hmm. and. We can help, you know, just with, with funds or or in helping them uh, with the burial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there a uh, limit to how young, the, let's say that someone has, a woman has a miscarriage at three or four months, that is, that is also included, correct? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's good to know because I, uh, it's really, a, you're in a position where you just don't really know what to do. Or what is the right thing, and you, uh, sometimes you don't get a lot of help, uh, and you don't really know where to go to find out. So, That's can right. they contact you? Or... Yes, they can. Okay. Yes, right In here at situation. the cathedral office. Uh, just call the office and ask for me. And if I'm not in, leave a message, and I'll I'll get back to them. Right. You know, sadly, Renee, uh, for so many years, all these babies were just considered medical waste. Mm -hmm. 
and just disposed of with all kinds of yeah. other medical waste. And our goal is to uh, minimize that uh, and to eliminate it whenever yes. we're in, we're able to. Absolutely, because they deserve a proper burial right. and, and a little uh, prayer and respect from all of us. So um, what kind of, okay, when you got involved in this, did you have a choice? Like, was this something you kind of were drawn to? Or is this something that was offered to you and you were drawn to it after? Oh, great question. <laughs> uh, of course, I had a choice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was something that was uh, handed on to me by Deacon Harold as he was retiring. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, right away, I remembered the babies that my mother lost. Oh, sure. And she lost several. Mm -hmm. And one of them was born alive, but died within a couple hours sure. when I was a child. And I remember actually going to the cemetery to visit mm -hmm. her grave. Mm -hmm. And we were having a party one year for my folks for like their 60th wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. And my one of my sisters thought we would play this little game and where everybody was given these questions and asked to answer them however they chose. And one of the questions, you know, kind of a very popular question to, at things like this is, if you could talk to any one person in the world that mm -hmm. ever lived, mm -hmm. other than Jesus, Jesus. Christ, because it's an easy <laughs> Everyone's answer. Everyone's going to say Jesus. Yeah. Um, who would it be? Right. And, uh, you know, we were going around the room, and a lot of us had kind of funny answers mm -hmm. or interesting answers or whatever. And we got to my mother, and she said, I would like to talk to little Mary, Yeah. which is the baby that she uh, lost a couple hours after mm -hmm. birth. And it, it occurred to me, she's been married 60 years, and this has, she's never stopped grieving. Right. She's never forgotten this child. Yeah. And how it's like that for so many yeah. women yep. uh, as they grow older and they remember those days. And um, I just felt... I could not say no right. to this ministry. Right. It called to you, which is good. What has it been like for you? Has, has there been um, some really times that have really stood out to you in doing this or any stories you can think of? Well, I, I think just generally, you know, the, uh, the emotions that are uh, poured out of parents that mm -hmm. come to the committal is, uh, is, is so really affirming for me uh, that we are doing something to help them through this time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I guess uh, just, just the fact that uh, it's available for people to not only participate in, mm -hmm. but to contribute to if they would like to be, become a part of this ministry. Right, right. Um, have you seen any, anything specific uh, in the people that you've helped was there, is there any stories that you can tell us that you saw a big mm, impact on them? Well, there was one family that uh, uh, had not known about the program mm -hmm. when they were in the hospital having the uh, uh, miscarriage. Sure. And uh, they had to ask a little bit to find out how mm -hmm. to take care of this child. They wanted a proper burial right. and they didn't know how to go about it. Yeah. And of course uh, the hospital guided them through that and they came to the burial and they were so thankful uh, because they said, we didn't know what was going to happen to our baby. Right. 
And then, of course, there's all the families that come to the burial, not just the parents, but their other children and even the grandparents. And so it just kind of affirms for me that these losses are not limited to one or two people. Right. Right. They aren't. It's it's a it's a part of the family that will forever not be there. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um so if someone wants to get involved, want to just help with the ministry, they can also contact you. Yes. I imagine. Yes. So call the cathedral office. I don't know what their number is. Do you know what the number is of man? Three three six seventy three ninety. I was going to say, I don't call the cathedral office yeah, very often. Yeah, I always so have to hesitate just, a moment myself. I just walked down the steps and go talk to them. <laughs> um, anything else that we missed on that? that you no, I don't think about? so. Okay, good, good. I think it's a beautiful ministry. I think it's something that's very needed. It's like I said, it's it's just really difficult in that position to know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you talking to us about that. If you just joined us, we are talking to Deacon Bill Radio. Um, so we're going to shift a little bit. And we have about uh, six or so minutes left. And we'll talk a little bit about the three states of the church. Um, And this came to us because Brianna, who is our social media manager here in the diocesan offices, uh, typically goes to daily mass. And she heard a homily by you um, about the church militant. And she thought it was really great. And she said, you got to have him on Catholic Views to talk about this. (laughs) I'll have to speak to her. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Say, hey, don't do that anymore, right? Um, so can you tell us a little bit about these three states of the church uh, and what they are and why this even matters? Sure. So the three states of the church are the church triumphant, the church suffering, and the church militant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the church triumphant, of course, are those of us who have died and, and made it into heaven. Right, right. As saints, mm-hmm. because we're all saints in heaven. Right. Uh, the church suffering are those uh, souls who have passed through this life and are now being purified in purgatory. Okay. And then the church militant is all of us here on earth. And uh, uh, it's interesting, the term, the church militant. Yeah. Because it sounds, it sounds warlike. And it is. So, yeah. It is. Thanks for uh, that <laughs> observation. Actually, you know... Um, one of the things I discovered in, in preparing for a previous homily some time ago was that every time that Jesus tells people or invites people to follow me, mm-hmm. that is a call to arms. Okay, yeah. It was at that time Very a, true. A, a call that generals and kings would proclaim when they were going to war. Oh. And uh, Jesus used that term. Uh, very uh, purposely to uh, make sure that people knew that this was a battle Mm -hmm. that they were being invited into. And, uh, you know, when you think about how the the military uh, recruits people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's very similar. Right. But, but the difference is, and, and in both cases, people realize or should realize anyway, that they're called to serve mm-hmm. in the case of our, our military, serve our country in the case of uh, the church militant to, to serve God and, and one another. But um, it's, it's, we're given different weapons. Okay. So in the military, of course uh, they receive all their training and they receive their weapons mm-hmm. and, and there's bombs and airplanes mm-hmm. and ships and all these things. 
and uh, I don't want to uh, downplay them. Of course, we're very appreciative of everything that our our military does yeah. to keep us safe. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't need them? It would be. <laughs> and and the weapons that we are given as the church militant are weapons like the Gospels and and the sacred scriptures and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the command to love one another. Right. That is what we are called to as the church militant. And we are also called to pray for the church suffering. Right. I was going to ask you about that because there's a connection between the three groups. Really. There really is. Yeah. So, you know, our responsibility, and a lot of times I'll hear people say, you know, like during the pandemic when everybody was closed in, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we can always pray. Mm-hmm. We can pray for other people. We can pray for the souls in purgatory yep. who are relying on us uh, to that. We can uh, pray uh, for the saints to intercede for us mm-hmm. for all our purposes, as well as praying to God. And uh, we are never, uh, as long as we are conscious and breathing on this earth, um, unable to pray in some way. Right. And right. so uh, that that is our role. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times we forget that. Right. So the church triumphant, the saints, are always praying for us and interceding for us. That's so correct. we're really very connected uh, in the three groups. Um, so you see us as more in service rather than in battle. No, oh, I think no? I see okay. both actually. Okay. okay. You know, the, the, the battle against evil in mm-hmm. the world very is, true. is as uh, important as ever right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to stand up as Catholics, uh, as part of the church militant and, fight all the misinformation and and uh, misunderstanding of our beliefs and the teachings of Jesus sure. Christ. I think sometimes um, we may feel like to use that word battle and fight, it feels a little uncomfortable, but I think you're giving us permission to say that's okay. That's Absolutely. what we're doing. Yes, it is. As Catholics. Yep. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear you say that because I was always a little uncomfortable with that. I'm like, ooh, should I say that? <laughs> sometimes the images, if you... Um, uh, do a Google search or something for church militants, things like that. You'll see a picture of a soldier from um, the Crusades or something like that. And although there are some some things that could be questionable about that, we won't get into that. Right. But that really is the kind of image we should have is that we're we are fighting for the church for yes we are for Christ. Yep. So there's probably a lot more we could say. I know you did not have just a five minute um, homily on that. So. <laughs> So another time we may have to talk more about that, but um, we have to give Dr. Bergwald some time in the beginning. So sure, thank you. we'll we'll let him have we'll his let work. him have a little right. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in today. And again, if you are interested in helping, or or you need um, some of the funds from the Angel Lee Cronin Memorial Fund, you can reach out to the uh, cathedral office. Uh, ask for Deacon Bill Radio. He probably may not be there, but they can get him a message. And uh, you can get involved in any way you want. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You bet. All right. If you haven't already found us on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube at SF Diocese. So if you'd like to watch these on video, you certainly can if you have only seen them or listened to them on radio so far. That's it for us today. Join us again next week for more Catholic News.